What's up, you beauties? Welcome to another episode of HW, in case you missed it, where I'll catch you up on all the daily news in the NHL playoffs and any news pertaining to your Philadelphia Flyers, just in case you missed it. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Spreaker. Quick shout out to our affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com and bellyupsports.com. Uh, they have everything you need when it comes to sports, and frankly, they do what the others don't. And while you're listening to our episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net. Now, in case you missed it, we've got a couple topics today. We did not record an In Case You Missed It episode yesterday, as I wanted to give the Dan Silver episode that we recorded Tuesday night some time to breathe. So we have a couple topics. We have Oscar Lindblom winning the Masterton. So congratulations, Oscar Lindblom. We have a nice little clip to get to there. Tampa Bay has evened the series with the New York Islanders. They looked like the Tampa Bay we thought they were going to be. And Montreal fights back and evens the series with Vegas. Very impressive. And a, a couple, not so much news for the Flyers, but there's been speculation on a couple bigger names. So we'll get to that towards the end when we wrap this baby up. But first, let's get to the real positive stuff here. So Oscar Lindblom. I mean, everybody knows what happened to this kid, if you, especially if you're a Flyers fan. But it was national news. Uh, I mean, everybody knew about it around the world back home uh, for him. I mean, the, the guy beat cancer, and it was a rare cancer. Uh, I, I can't say that I get choked up or, you know, emotional over players as much as I did maybe when I was younger, but everybody knows where they were or how they felt when Oscar Lindblom was diagnosed. I'm, I'm sorry, when the news came out that he was diagnosed. It was a bummer, right? In In a season that was mostly positive to find out that you know, maybe one of your favorite players, one of the best guys on the team, one of the most likable guys on the team, was uh, seemingly having a breakout season earlier in the year, was playing great. All of a sudden, life stopped for him, and he had to fight a battle he didn't plan on fighting. And to handle it the way that we that we could see that he handled it is pretty astonishing. Like his focus completely shifted to, I got to put my life on hold to fight for my life. And that's what he did. And you have to admire that, you know, for, forget about the season that just passed, right? Because he, he wasn't himself, right? He, he obviously gets a pass for me. He gets a pass for the rest of his life. I mean, the guy just, he had to stop his, his, his dream to fight cancer, to continue his dream, but just imagine, put yourself in his shoes, right? Think about where he was two years ago, right? Things were just beginning. His career was just beginning. Everything was starting to go the way he had hoped. And all of a sudden, boom, it gets put on hold. To come back the same year, in the playoffs the same year, and, and play is amazing, okay? And then this year he came back. Like I said, obviously he wasn't himself. He knows he wasn't himself, but he was able to produce somewhat in the National Hockey League, the highest level of play. Just over a year removed from cancer, from being diagnosed, is amazing. Amazing story. I think we all remember this moment here, right? 
Back at the Wells Fargo Center, there of course is Oscar Lindblom, just put up on the big screen here and getting a huge ovation. Oscar met with the team yesterday after practice, and this place, as loud as it will get during a TV timeout, as Lane Vino claps, Flyers tap their sticks, and everybody shows their support for Oscar Lindblom, and of course it is Oscar Strong, right? Yeah, and that smile is unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, he has that smile. And he has begun treatment, of course, for viewing sarcoma. And his battle has just begun, but hopefully he knows that all this support is behind him and with him every step of the way. He knows it, and the Tampa Bay Lightning all up. I get a little bit emotional watching that. You got. If you could put yourself in his shoes, you know you want to feel good, knowing all those people are there for you, knowing they're all behind you. But there's so much uncertainty, right? In your own mind, it's like, man, you're afraid. You have to be afraid. And for him to push through and and do what he did, outstanding, absolutely amazing. I can't I, I can't say it enough. So extremely extremely happy for Limblom winning the award. He should be proud, man. He should really be proud. I mean, sometimes sometimes the award, you know, I don't want to say it's given away because that, that's not what I mean when I say that. But if there was ever somebody that earned this award, Oscar Lindblom earned this award. So good for him. Congratulations, Oscar Lindblom. And, you know, look forward to more future success for you. Now let's get to a, a little bit of our playoff talk here. So let's catch you up. Like I mentioned, we didn't record yesterday. This game was played on Tuesday the Lightning came back to tie the series with the New York Islanders, and they played more the way that I thought they were going to play. Uh, they, they played more their game. We saw a lot of creativity, a couple creative goals. Kucherov looked like himself. And an unsung hero in this game, somebody unexpected. Uh, you, you got all the names on the back end, McDonough, Hedman, uh, Sergachev, all the offensive names. And this is the guy that comes out and scores the game-winning goal and maybe one of the prettiest goals of the playoffs thus far. Watch how perfect this shot is. Three one Tampa Bay. Now we said before the game that the Tampa defense has not cashed in yet in these playoffs after scoring 17 goals last year in the playoffs. And Jan Ruda, the turnover by the Islanders, not able to handle that like there was nowhere else to put that shot except for right there and and he did it did he mean to i don't know josh bailey providing the perfect screen for varlamov there unfortunately for the islanders and and jan ruda who would have thought like i mentioned with all the players on this team it's playoffs, baby. The guys you don't expect show up uh, when you don't expect. It. And Jan Ruda with an absolutely perfect bomb from the point to give the Lightning the go-ahead goal. I believe it was the game-winning goal. I don't know if it was the go-ahead goal. I think it put him up 3-1 potentially. So, hey, showing that you need you need some guys to step up that you don't expect to show up on the score sheet. And even the Tampa Bay Lightning need a guy like that. So, there you go. Tampa Bay ties the series up with New York. Uh, I think they 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 do play tonight. 
So we'll see how that goes. We're going to have a special guest tomorrow night, Stefan Rosner from the Backcheck podcast, a Belly Up Sports uh, affiliated podcast. So excited to talk to him tomorrow. Hopefully for his sake, we're talking about an Islanders win <laughs> or unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk to Stefan after a loss, so we'll see tomorrow. So looking forward to tomorrow, but let's move on a little bit to our next series. And I'm a little bit more excited to watch this one. And Montreal played more like I hoped they'd play in this series. You know, the first game, it kind of looked like, oh man, like, you know, Vegas might be that much better than Montreal. You know, they came out and kind of stomped them. I believe it was a 4-1, 4-1 loss. Uh, the highlight was Cole Caulfield getting his first playoff goal. Uh, last night was a different story. Montreal went up 3 nothing, And another, another unlikely hero, another unsung player, another playoff player, playoff type guy, scored the game-winning goal to put the uh, Montreal Canadiens up 3 nothing, And just a little bit too far out of reach for Vegas to catch up. Let's show you this all real quick. Petrie will look it over along with Edmondson. Little forge out by Kakaniemi through center. Open ice. Byron's in alone. He scores! Anderson gets the job done. You'll see first just a little tip out. Now right coming into your screen. There's Anderson. And Holden can't control the puck. And that allows that opportunity for Byron. And he goes. Marc-Andre Fleury looking like the Marc-Andre Fleury that I remember right there. Right? Not sure what he was doing there. Did I? Did you see a poke check? I didn't see a poke check. He just kind of dove at the puck. Did, was Byron skating in that fast? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a goalie. It's a hard job, but you know, I didn't. I didn't see a move that would have made me move like that if I was a goalie. Anyways, Paul Byron with the third goal ended up being the game-winning goal for the Montreal Canadiens. He's a heart and soul guy. He shows up on the score sheet uh, from time to time. Hey, if you had Paul Byron scoring the game-winning goal for the Montreal Canadiens last night, you know, hats off to you. I didn't, but uh, he, he's a guy that can put the puck in the net, and you don't expect to see him on the score sheet. You know, you need, like I mentioned, you need guys like that to show up in the playoffs for your team. He did for Montreal, and good for them. They tied the series up with Vegas. They steal a game on the road. Hey, we've been hearing it. Now it's a series, right? Now Vegas has to go to Montreal and steal one. It's going to be a different environment up there. You know, the stadium's essentially empty. Vegas has been playing in a packed house, you know, all playoff long. Now they got to go back into an empty arena. Is it going to be the same? Are they going to be able to, to, to uh, I don't know if there's going to be, there's pressure on them, you know. Obviously, there's always pressure on the Montreal teams because you're, you're playing in the, like the hockey capital of the world, but Vegas, I think, has to have some pressure. They they lost. They're expected to, I would imagine, win this series, I don't know about easily, but it shouldn't go six, seven games if, if you're a, a Vegas team playing against a Montreal team that arguably shouldn't even be in the playoffs, right? There's got to be pressure now. They have to go into Montreal and win a game or they're in, they're in big trouble. If they go down 3-1, Montreal is winning this series. No doubt in my mind. So there's there should be pressure on Vegas. Montreal put up a great fight last night, and I expect more of the same in Montreal. I'm excited to watch that series. I I hope they win it. I really do. I said it before the season. Montreal is built for the playoffs. Uh, I, I went out and looked up a tweet last night just to see if I put it on Twitter if I, if I was saying it in podcast. But Montreal, I, I mean, obviously now, but this was back in December. Montreal is more built for the playoffs than the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean. Now it's like no, no crap, Jim. But um, 
they're built for it. The, what's his name? Mark Bergevan built this team for these moments to play against these teams, to play against these big, physical, rugged teams. Uh, they can skate. They can score. They got the goaltending. They got the defense. Hey, you bring Cole Caulfield up, they even got the sniper. They even got a guy that can put the puck in the net. Toffoli scored his fifth goal of the playoffs last night. Very underrated signing for Bergevan. They signed him for under $4 million at AAV. Tyler Toffoli, he wanted to go play for Montreal. Corey Perry went and uh, wanted to go sign and play for Montreal. They knew that they were building something special up there. Uh, they they liked that uh, how the team was made up, and you're seeing it. They're they're performing well in the playoffs. So hats off to Montreal. Game three, I believe, will be tomorrow night, Friday. So we'll be talking about that Monday. You know, hopefully we're talking about a couple Montreal wins. That series could be, you know, we could be talking elimination next week there. So let's get to our last two topics here. Oh, we got a comment. Let's see. Ty shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the for the Rudigal laser beam. Yeah, absolutely, man. Sorry, I, I just saw the co- the comment there. I got to get back on my comment game. Um, so, yeah, our, our last two topics. So I, I do this whole, not that it was a whole thing, the Dougie Hamilton montage with the teach me how to Dougie in the background excited that Dougie Hamilton's allowed to talk to other teams and you know, the flyers should be in on him and this and that. And (laughs) the same day, the same day it comes out that Dougie Hamilton is not the flyers top target for defense. And there was some, I don't know if you want to call it backlash, but people were upset on Twitter uh, about that, that Dougie wasn't the flyers top target. And I took that as okay. In the in, I'm, I'm just going to use Chuck. In Chuck's mind, there is a better fit for this defense. There's a better fit for the Flyers, or you know, he's not the top priority because I don't know who would be a better player than Dougie Hamilton that's potentially available right now. Jack Eichel. We'll get to that in a second. I'm I'm fine with that if Dougie Hamilton is not the top target. You know why? Because he's a free agent, and he's he needs to sign a new deal and. He's going to get paid. I, I would have loved to watch Dougie in orange and black. And I could play that. Teach me how to Dougie Cali swag his entire career. <laughs> but you're going to spend eight, nine million for him. And I don't think I want that. The Flyers have too many holes and they can't put all their chips in the Dougie Hamilton basket. Right. Let's fill out this roster. If we want to. Guys, if you want to win a Stanley Cup, like I mentioned in the last show, look at some of these teams in the playoffs that are still there. Top to bottom, they're good. They don't have one standout guy. Tampa Bay is an anomaly. Don't look at them because I know you're going to say, well, what about Victor Hedman? Where's New York Islanders' 8, 9 million defensemen? Where's Montreal? I mean, Shea Weber, but um, where's Montreal's 8, 9 million dollar free agent signing on defense? Where's uh, Pietrangelo? I'm just, go ahead, get on me about Pietrangelo. Uh, who are they? Who's the other team? That's it, right? Yeah, guys, I, I don't know how I feel about eight nine million being spent on defense when you have Provorov. You still have to. You're going to give Sanheim two more contracts. He's going to sign one now, and then two two years later, he's going to be signing another one. So, um, set that. Let me. Uh, you know what I forgot I can do here. 
Seth at 5.5 or Dougie at 9. Seth, 10 out of 10, the money you save on. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that's and that's what we're saying now. There's too many holes to spend $9, $10 million on one player, especially on defense. Now, if you want to spend $9, $10 million on a center, a difference-making center that's going to create goals, put the puck in the net, score 80, 90 points a season, then yeah, that's money well spent, Jack Eichel. But to spend... Eight, nine, ten million on a defenseman. I mean, look, look how Eric Carlson's working out for San Jose, right? If he's not producing offensively, he's not worth the contract. We will hate Dougie Hamilton if he's signed for eight, nine, ten million and he's only putting up if he's not putting up 65 points a season and he's making that much money, he to me he's not worth it. No way. Like shit, like Shane Gossespierre, we we bust his balls because he's not scoring 65 points and he's making $4 million. Imagine if, what happens with Dougie Hamilton. So, don't get me – like I said, would love to watch the kid play, but uh, I think he'd be smarter to spend the money elsewhere. Like like Ty is saying here, spend five point five uh, for for Seth Jones and, you know, fill out other holes. Bring a goalie back with him. I'm seeing – I saw people talking about Corpusalo coming back with Seth Jones. Yeah, sure. That's a solid goalie. Go for that. I'm not against bringing in good players. That's for damn sure. Uh, the other thing is Jack Eichel. Flyers are reportedly in the mix for Jack Eichel. They're one of the teams named uh, as a potential landing spot because they have what it can take to land them. Now, I don't know. Are the fans going to want to move with some of these potential guys to go get Jack, Jack Eichel? Uh, I'm seeing names tossed around like Morgan Frost. Uh, Travis Konechny, fan favorite, Nolan Patrick, uh, who's the other guy? Saw Phil Myers. These are all guys that I think we like here, but I don't think that we should be attached to any of the player's name. The one, he played in two games last year. The other guys, he's had a, a tough time staying healthy in Nolan Patrick, uh, Travis Konechny. I don't think we've seen the best of Travis Konechny yet in the regular season and potentially the playoffs. I'm not going to say that I'm confident when I say that, but regular season, I think we, I think connecting has got a 70 point season or two in them. Right. And then imagine we'll be here. And I, I want to trade him just because of that. I don't want to hear people chirping, chirping up Travis connecting after he scores 70 points because you know what? He's not going to score any in the playoffs. And no, I'm just kidding. I said this isn't a, a bash Travis Konechny show, and I've done it twice now on two different shows. So I like Travis Konechny, by the way. But if you can get a Jack Eichel, psh, see you later. See you, TK. Right? Let's improve. This team, they're, 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 they don't have any fun players to watch. Uh, we had Jim Dowd on. I think it was two weeks ago now. And I asked him, I said, Jim, who do you turn a Flyers game on for? You know? who Who do you rush to the TV because you got to watch him because you want to see what he does. They don't have a guy like that. There's not a guy like that on this team. There's nobody that makes you want to watch the Flyers. There's nobody fun that, that you need to watch the Flyers for. Maybe Carter Hart eventually. But as of right now, you know, I'm talking like pure offensive skill. Like, a, And I'm not saying it's got to be Connor McDavid, but if Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon's playing, you, you're turning on the Avalanche and the Oilers, you know. Um, even the Rangers, Mika Zibanejad, what's he going to do? Is he going to is he going to score uh, a hat trick a period every time he plays the Flyers? He's going to score uh, six points in a period. He's going to score five goals in a game. You know what I mean? Uh, 
So that's all. I think the Flyers should be in on Jack Eichel and they should be desperate the way that they were desperate the way they were desperate for Eric Lindros, uh, where they gave up a lot to get him. And guys, we see how that played out. They were in it every single year. They had arguably the best player in the league while he was here. This organization, it's it's different because I believe fans will go to games and, and buy the merch no matter what, and that's fine. That's the prerogative. If they want something to do, they want something to spend money on. But for the hardcore fans, the fans that feel a little bit betrayed, a little bit, um, you know, like they got one, like the organization put one over on them, you know, or, or they know that they're watching crap. They know that they're not watching good hockey. There's nothing exciting about this team. Um, the, the Flyers, the organization should feel desperate to bring in a player like Jack Eichel, I think, because um, they're losing, they're losing hardcore hockey fans the way that they're going. You know, it's it's almost borderline disrespectful to the to the hardcore. And I hate using the word hardcore, but maybe the diehard or the guys that have been there since, you know, for 20, 30 years now, you know, and they need to stop. What they're doing is they're catering to the younger generation because they know that those are the kids, that those are going to be the people that are going to be spending money in the next 10, 20, 30 years, right? So they're, they're catering to the younger generation. They're doing all this gritty BS, all the corporate BS, and the younger generation eats it up. Unfortunately, they're losing you know, the, the, the fans that are here for hockey. And to, the only way you bring them back is if you bring in talent. And Jack Eichel is a guy the Flyers need to be in on. They need to find a way to get him. They have what it takes. Trade whatever you need to trade and go get him. All right, when I say trade whatever you need to trade, you're not trading Carter Hart. You're not trading Ivan Provorov. Put something together. Go get Jack Eichel. And I'm going to end it on that, guys. So in, in case you missed it, Oscar Lindblom won the Masterton. Tampa Bay knots the series up with New York. Vegas uh, fell to Montreal. Montreal tied that series back up at one. And Flyers are out on Ducky Hamilton. Should be in on Jack Eichel. And in case you missed it, we'll be back tomorrow morning with Stefan Rosner of the Backcheck Podcast, another Belly Up Sports-affiliated podcast. So, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for hanging out, and we'll be back tomorrow morning. Peace.